Hey, everybody, it's Tommy Canale, and welcome back to Before the Lights Podcast, the show that tells you how they made their mark. He's the owner of Day One Ambition and Wrapped in Hope. He has garnered two congressional letters of acknowledgement and is the author of the book, Mental Hope, There Is No Surgery for Depression. He is on a mission to help other people evolve through hope. A Las Vegas native and a mental hope influencer, please welcome to the show, Brandarius Johnson. Brandarius, welcome to Before the Lights. How are you, my man? Uh, thank you for the invite. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am well. Excited to have you on the show. We're going to start way back in your life and get to where you are today. You grew up in a house without a male figure. I want you to tell my listeners about growing up in that environment, having a negative attitude and being deviant. Okay. So, you know, I grew up uh, in a household. It was, it was my three sisters, my mother, my grandmother and I. Um, and the best way I can describe it was kind of like me doing what I wanted when I wanted to um, until my granddad came into town, which was probably once or twice throughout the year. Um, and I just kind of felt like, you know, just reflecting on all of my buddies, everybody had like a curfew when the streetlights came on. And I always, you know, felt like, man, I'm the last one to go home all the time. Why is that? Because <laughs> I just simply didn't follow the rules. Mm. And, you know, that led from just being outside to just not listening within, you know, within the constraints of the home. But that's how it was. It just kind of felt like I could do whatever I wanted to when I wanted to. And, you know, that's how it was. Looking back then, where do you think your life was headed at that time? And you know what? They say the two most famous places, you either going to jail or you're going to die. Mm. And, you know, not because I was, you know, a super bad kid or involved in anything dangerous, just I didn't have anything that I was, you know, aiming at. You know, there was no no structural authority that I respected. So, you know what comes with that. It wouldn't be long before I found something or something found me that could be detrimental. True. You end up attending Cimarron Memorial High School here in Las Vegas. You played football. You had a passion for the game. But before we get into the football side, what kind of student were you? So I was definitely more of an athlete than a student when I was younger. Um, you know, I had these big dreams and aspirations of playing, you know, Division One football and, you know, professional football. But I didn't have the same passion and fire for education. Mm. So I was, you know, at best a below average student. I think I graduated with like a 1.9 GPA, maybe. Um I didn't have a real relationship with with academia and it reflected me being ineligible or going into my sophomore season due to some fights and my grades just reflected ineligibility. And, and that was that was something else I had to deal with. So on the football field, then, even though you're ineligible, when you did get to play, who is Brandarius Johnson as a football player? Brandarius Johnson, uh, hardworking. Relentless. I was described as a guy that has a motor that doesn't stop. I uh, wasn't much of a scheme guy. Hence, I connect that to <laughs> my efforts of being a student and learning anything. So, you know, I was ambitious. I, I played defensive end. My job was to get off the ball and go get the ball. And then on the offensive side, I played tackle. You know, if it was a number in the opposite jersey, my goal was to block it and move it out the way. And that's what I did. So, you just had a hard time then combining that passion for football 
to the classroom at that time? A hundred percent. You know, I really didn't, I guess I didn't uh, believe how important it was until, you know, I became ineligible. And then um, after, you know, coming back and playing my junior and senior season, it was like, you know, you don't qualify to go to a four-year school. So it was like, yo, I now have to go to a junior college. And then when I got to, you know, my junior college, that's when education became a priority for me. And it wasn't just a hundred percent because of the, the, because I had to go to a junior college. It was also because I got injured right out the gate. So now it's like, you know, football could realistically be taken away at any moment. You have to fall back on your education. And, you know, my first year in college, I made, I made the Dean's list and I maintained it for the duration of my you know collegiate career. Uh, and I ended up with an academic scholarship, academic scholarship as well as an athletic scholarship. So, you know, School of Hard Knocks gave me the education to, you know, make my education a priority. You learned then that academics comes before athletics. You go from Saddleback College to Fort Lewis College. You graduated in 2015 with a bachelor's degree in sociology and human services. And as you said, once you got into the JC route, you realize how important academics were going to be for you to be able to play football, even though you had an injury plagued football career. What's really, when you look back at it, it's the academics that you're using more today than you are the athletics. A hundred percent. And I would say it's kind of, um, you know, they both go hand in hand more than I realized. And that's what I kind of push to the youth now and the family. You know, there's so much controversy around college and people not needing it, but I think more than anything, School and college, you know, teach you how to be resourceful, teach you how to think, teach you how to commit uh, to the long haul, teach you how to work diligently and manage your time. Athletics teaches you all of that, but in a different way. You know, you got to manage your time. You got to get up. You got to go to bed. You got to take care of your body. You got to eat right. You got to sleep right. And then you have to study whatever sport it is that you're playing. So when you think about student athletes, that's essentially what it is. You have to become a student of whatever sport you're playing, because if not, you had a disadvantage. And you know, that was another thing that I learned at college. When I, when I got to Saddleback, I was maybe 190 pounds soaking wet playing DN. Mm. So, you know, in, at the collegiate level, that's tiny, but you know, with my first injury, it afforded me the opportunity to sit down, you know, to eat, to put some size on. And, you know, it, it worked, it worked in my favor. However, when I transitioned to Fort Lewis, I had another moment where it's like people on campus acknowledged me as just an, a, a football player. And that right there did something to me from that moment. I realized I was more than just a football player. I was a per uh, a person and I had a purpose that was beyond, you know, the football field. So, you know, all of those things that I learned throughout my journey, things that I want to instill into kids, you know, before, you know, they have to go through some of the, the roadblocks that I went through. Listeners, I want you to go to the show notes and click the link to get your hands on Brandarius's book, Mental Hope, There Is No Surgery for Depression. I've read it. It's an excellent read. It will make you stop and think a little bit and also give you a new perspective of maybe on some things you're struggling with. And I want to start getting into some of the things in that book, Brandarius. You're a survivor of suicide. What led to this mindset that you thought about taking your own life? Yeah. So a little bit uh, about that and the concept of it, too. You know, my, my run-ins with, with anything related to mental illness or suicide were just nothing more than just being overwhelmed. You know, as, as a college kid, 
and and feeling like there was nowhere to turn. Um, and then more importantly, you know, becoming a suicide of survivor to the loss of my first love. You know, she actually completed suicide. And that's what, you know, started my advocacy, you know, June 27th to 2014. But as far as, you know, my own personal experience with it, I could relate it back to just, you know, being overwhelmed as a college student um, in another state, hundreds of miles away from home, overwhelmed with school, the pressures of being a college athlete on scholarship, just coming to a roadblock where you're like, man, you know, not that I ever really wanted to die. It was more so I just wanted some silence. I just wanted some peace. And, you know, by the grace of God, I ended up, you know, walking across oncoming traffic. I got to the other side, didn't get hit by a car. I walked back. I'm like, it ain't my time. I went to the locker room, talked to my coach. We're getting ready to go play, you know, a school that was about three or four hours away. And I was told to get my, get my bag and get on the bus. And that was the extent of it for me, you know, and I realized at that moment that suicide, I believe for a lot of people is, you know, act in the moment, you know what I mean? You always hear people say it's a, a temporary solution. I mean, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, you know, I believe in that. I believe in the act of impulse. And that's why I advocate for people to just, you know, live every day as they want. You know, whatever happened is behind us and tomorrow may never come. So being in the present moment is, is, is the best place for us to be. And I learned that through my own personal experiences. You mentioned that you lost your first love, a very close friend of yours, to suicide in 2014. Mm -hmm. What was your first thoughts when you found out being that you're a survivor of suicide? You know, I just... It didn't really become, I mean, that's when it became real for me at that moment. Like suicide is not just something that's talked about. It's something that happens. And I kind of related to, you know, the information that I coach when I tore my meniscus in my knee, you know, just kind of dwelling and, you know, feeling, you know, feeling low. My coach is like, B, what's wrong? I'm like, this is crazy. And it's like, B, you know, this happens every day to athletes around the world. What's crazy is it happened to you. And that's kind of what I felt about the suicide. I knew in that moment I wasn't the first person to experience it and I wouldn't be the last person to experience it. However, I made a personal commitment from that day forward to advocate, to raise awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. And that's what I took from, it. you know, that moment when I found out to now, you know, the fire hasn't stopped burning and I doubt it ever will. What was Brandarius's darkest moment then? In that moment? In your life. Uh, now I think I've had a few darkest moments. And I can, you know, attach into, you know, one, just losing my grandmother in 2021. That was a very dark moment. Probably one of the scariest things I ever imagined has happened. You know, losing Howard, you know, 21, 22-year-old, you know, college student. Losing somebody that I thought that I would marry and build a family with. That was an extremely dark moment. You know, I had other dark moments just being raised in a house full of women watching my mom work, you know, 16 to 18 hour days. Those were dark. And those lead to, you know, moments of feeling hopeless. You know, when you feel hopeless, that's as close to darkness as you can get, mm -hmm. to my opinion. So, you know, and having having my injuries, you know, tearing up both my knees back to back years, you know, in pursuit of a, of a scholarship. Uh, you know, I had so many different, you know, situations in my life that that point back to dark moments. However, they all 
you know, led me to another place of reflection and perseverance and building character. And now those are the stories that I share with people from around the world because I can relate to many different places of darkness. And I can also relate to finding the light and, you know, pulling myself up by the bootstraps. You mentioned every day is day one. And when you lost your friend in 2014, one of the ways you overcame the tragedy was you're going to have this burning desire to help others and bring awareness to suicide and mental illness and mental health. You Mm -hmm. also talk about purpose, resilience, faith, hope, and consistency. Where did these five words come from, from you that you resonated so deeply that you messaged these in all your talks? So they came over time and and it came to me like a puzzle. Uh, Over the last eight years of, 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 of speaking, of connecting with people, number one was purpose. The world wouldn't spin the same without you. That message came to me about circa, I want to say 2018. Um, you know, I was, I was working at a mental health agency and I read a suicide note from a 12 year old girl. Uh, and that just made me like that. I sat to myself and I said, there has to be a way I can communicate purpose to every person in the world, regardless of, you know, where they come from or the, the language they speak. That message came out as the world wouldn't spend the same without you. So when I found out that, you know, my girl had passed away, what I said to myself was yesterday is gone. Like, I couldn't change what happened. And the way I felt, I wasn't sure if it would be a tomorrow for me. So all I have is, you know, day one. And that philosophy carried me for for years. And I started seeing other people gravitate towards it. Um, The faith. My first brand was driven by faith. A lot of people gravitated towards that one. The only reason I went away from faith is because in the school sector, when they hear faith, they're associated with religion. I didn't want to have to fight that battle. So that's when I made the transition to day one ambition, but always knew that faith and hope were, were both close to me. And ultimately, you know, in, in times of, of, of trial, I know I got to go within and I have belief that, you know, I can overcome any obstacle that I'm faced with. So that's where those two came into effect. And then, you know, the hope, that's my personal, you know, uh, mission to help other people evolve. That's the acronym of hope to me. And that's why I titled the book Mental Hope. And, you know, the mental hustle continues. That was inspired by Nipsey Hussle, uh, whose brand is built around the concept of a marathon, you know, the ultimate test of resilience and endurance. So for me, you know, it was like the mental hustle continues because I feel like regardless of what you uh, accomplish in your life or what you don't accomplish, you'll never get to a place in your life where you are done working or, you know, you've reached the limit of your growth or the capacity that you could possibly reach until you die. And and I don't need, and I and I tangle with that because I believe your legacy will then carry. So I think the work is is forever. And you know, I just realized over the last eight years and doing presentations, you know, there's so many different places of reference in my life where people could engage and relate to. So those became my five pillars. And you know, I built presentations and, and I have stories from different parts of my life and different people that I've met that kind of helped me, you know, paint the metaphor of each one of those pillars and how, you know, people can take that and, and utilize it to go from breakdown to breakthrough. I want to have a message to all the listeners out there that may know somebody and maybe you are struggling is simply this. Don't be silent. Reach out to friends, family, relatives, a neighbor, because people will listen. If you just open up and ask for help and reach out to get the resources that are out there, there are 
numerous resources if you are struggling. So please, if you're hearing this, don't be silent. Open up, say something to somebody, and get the help that you deserve. Brandarius, you have your clothing brand, Day One Ambition, that's been built on resilience, unity, and ambition. And it's to make positive influences across the world what you're doing. You have a couple of these slogans. The world wouldn't spin the same without you. Mental hustle continues. And every day is day one. Talk about the clothing brand, the products you offer, and the services that you provide. So in a nutshell, I put together the products, the shirts, the books as a way for me to share, you know, share my heart, share my story um, without having to be in a position where I know I can't be everywhere at once. So the world went spinning saying without you, though, my introduction to that, it was inspired by someone that was in a in a mental crisis. It's also a token of appreciation and acknowledgement. So for every parent out there, you know, your life, the life of your kids would be completely changed if you weren't there. You know, some of us, you know, have have friends and, and businesses that cannot go on without us. And and that's what it's all about. No, I mean, even some people feel so connected to their sports team that they feel like something is wrong when they lose. And that's what it's all about. Being able to, one, show people that they have a purpose and they matter. And two, encouraging people to find the things in their life that, that brings value and making it known. And I have a personal goal of just, you know, telling as many people as I can that you have a purpose. And that, that, that shirt, you know, I, I like to tell myself I'm not selling shirts. I'm more so pushing and cultivating the message because chapter one of my book is born with a purpose. It goes hand in hand with the world wouldn't spend the same without you. And that goes into the services I could provide where I can go into any company, organization, or school and, and do a workshop, uh, Outside of just telling my story, but doing a workshop and creating an atmosphere that encourages transparency and vulnerability. And that right there, I believe, will enforce unity. It'll enforce school. That's, you know, it'll improve uh, school culture and school climate. So, you know, I just dedicated myself to creating products that are timeless and, and resources that people can use to to grow. How can listeners, what's the website to get their hands on? a shirt or a sweatshirt. So uh, day one ambition.com spelled D a Y the number one ambition.com or Instagram day one ambition. Um, and if that doesn't work, just put Brandarius Johnson and Google and all of my information should pop up there and you know, just reach out. I, I would love to connect with you and continue to grow hope. I'll put links in the show notes, listeners, so you can go to Day One Ambition and to BrandariusJohnson.com and get connected with him there. And I'll also put a link to his Instagram page as well. Brandarius, you have talked about getting ahead of people. So talk about before trauma destroys the future. I think it just uh, it reiterates the fact that we need to take um, a proactive approach opposed to reactive approach. You know, and that's, you know, the principle I, I live my life on, opposed to taking it to the world, opposed to letting the world take it to you. So I get up every day and, and follow a regimen that promotes growth. I try not to sit still uh, and dwell on things. And I feel like if we collectively agree on a moving positive energy, we'll accomplish it. If not, there's more than enough forces that are willing to overcome humanity, positive energy and anything else that's meant for growth. So. You know, that, that, that's, that's how I feel about it. And I think it takes, 
collectively uh, a generation of people, of all people, all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all cultures to come together for the for the greater good. September 2020, you received the attention of over 40,000 people across the world by running 100 miles to raise awareness for those battling mental illness. Now you're looking yes, at going from 100 miles to 351 miles, and you're going to do this Hope Marathon in honor of your grandmother passed away at 351. Talk about this new chapter of going from 100 miles to 351. Yeah, okay. So Hopeathon 351, uh, you know, just to do that, you know, as mentioned, I ran 100 miles in 2020 in 10 days for mental health awareness. We garnered about 40,000, uh, I mean, the attention of 40,000 people globally. And going into this next run, you know, I wanted to make it something more engaging. Um, honestly, I've had the opportunity to talk to you about it. Uh, the significance of 351, you know, it means to go out and complete everything you're supposed to. My grandmother passed at 3.51 p.m. December 6th of 2021. And when I went and looked at significance of the number and, and seeing that it meant to go out and complete everything you're supposed to, I knew that it was a message for me. And, you know, when I lost Hawa, the last thing she said to me was keep speaking. So now I feel like, you know, both of my, you know, earth angels, whenever I come to a place where maybe question what I'm doing or not so sure of what I'm doing is the way I'm supposed to be going, I hear keep speaking, go complete what you're supposed to. So now I know regardless of how I feel, the message is to keep going to complete this mission of helping other people evolve. And, you know, I want to attach it to people who, who've lost someone to suicide, people who are dealing with, you know, substance abuse, people who are, you know, celebrating sobriety every day, domestic violence, you know, poverty, you know, obesity, whatever the, the obstacle is for people. I want to run with them and mine. And I want to connect with people from all over the place. And you know, gonna be starting that up probably early February with uh with the goal to complete the 351 miles by May 25th. So, you know, that's coming up relatively quickly. Hundred days, three point four three point five one miles each day. I'm gonna run one of them with you at least for sure. Maybe a couple. I like to run, so who knows? Brandaris, yeah, you also have this hope walk that you do in September. Bring my listeners up to speed on what that's all about. The walking talk, run for hope. It, it was a spinoff off the hundred mile run in 2020, and uh, you know my team and I decided to do a walking talk once a month um, for the for the throughout the pandemic, where we invited families, friends to come out. We had a restaurant, um, IDK craft kitchen here in Las Vegas that would sponsor pizzas for our attendees. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we officially made that an event in 2022, September 11th to be exact. That's how it was birthday. So that was our inaugural event this past September. And it's just pretty much an opportunity to come out and, and create that atmosphere again, where people can walk, uh, meet new people, um, be a part of this, you know, this mental health resource we have building with my heart to give nonprofit organization. And it's something that, you know, we plan to do every year. Hopefully it'll grow and go to different cities and different States as the years go on. Yes, sir. So everything that I've done here in Vegas, my mindset would always to act local, but think global. Mm -hmm. but everything that, that we've done here is something that we can do 
virtually anywhere. You know, we can have walking talks at schools. Um, schools can have these as, as fundraisers or ways to engage the staff, parents, and student body. Uh, so there's a, a plethora of ways that, that schools can engage me. I've also had other organizations, you know, book me to host 3Ks and 5Ks. So that's been pretty cool. Uh, you know, and it, it all just reiterates the just being resilient, you know, keep going, keep pushing for what you believe in. And you don't know where, you know, opportunities will come from. You have mentored at alternative schools. You've worked with youth in the correctional system. And now you have something on the horizon about helping now in a curriculum with schools. After I wrote my book, Mental Hope, and, you know, experiencing the amount of people that reached out from all over the place to, to know my story, my team felt that it was appropriate to write a curriculum. So we put together a 12-week study guide. It's a um, social emotional learning program that goes with my book, Mental Hope. It's called Be the Hope, which is a personal and global call to action to help other people evolve. It's a mindset. It's built for encouraging school culture and climate. And we feel that it can be utilized in campuses across the world. Um, and we're just now about to roll it out with the city of Las Vegas in a partnership where I'll be teaching my curriculum and uh, screen print program. So kind of combined in mental health awareness and social entrepreneurship. Thus, overall, if you can learn to manage yourself, then you can manage anything. So that's the concept behind it. And you know, we have schools reaching out both in inside of uh, in, in Nevada and outside of the state. So, you know, it's exciting to see that starting to pick up some some momentum. And, and you know, we're ready to do everything that that we that we're promoting, everything that we've built. We're ready to put it all out to the world. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see where it goes and where it leads. I think you're on to something there. I appreciate that. Who is Brandarius Johnson these days? Brandarius Johnson. That's a powerful question. You know, I've had a few solid people in my life ask me that. And outside of, you know, the speaking, outside of the influencer, the brand, the, you know, awareness, you know, I'm a person that enjoys working out. Uh, love to be at peace. I love being close to water. I like art. I like eating chicken wings. <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I, I enjoy just listening to music. Uh, Speaking of know, music, yeah. I understand that you're a, a big Starleto fan, the, the rapper. What's your favorite song? You know, Starleto, that, that started back in, when I was in, in at Saddle back in 2011. I like Step Brothers and I like um, Start. I think it's called Start where he just talks about uh, like getting started, like not sitting around and waiting for an opportunity to come. Another song I like by him and Kevin Gates is Leash on Life. And mm. it speaks to the, effect, to the effect of bullying and how, you know, bullying leads to mass shootings and stuff like that. It's a powerful, powerful storyline, a powerful concept. That's one of my favorite songs. That's probably my favorite song by him. It's called Leash on Life. If I was to go find Brandarius Johnson that was running the streets after everybody went home that had the negative attitude and was being defiant and said, Brandarius, this is where you're going to be in 2023. What would you have said? Uh, I would have said, yeah, right. Cause Brandarius would have said he's going to be in the NFL. <laughs> 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 you couldn't tell me anything. I'm going to the NFL. You know, it was, it was it was it was a blessing. You know, God had other plans, and felt like though I wasn't drafted to the NFL, I was drafted by God, and I'm playing on the most powerful team in the world. 
And every day we get up and chase his glory, we win the Super Bowl. And you've mentioned before that things started with, for you, as every day is day one after you lost your friend to suicide. But really, if you look back, when did you really start to change as a person away from that person who was that kid? That's a powerful question. And I think if I didn't mention it already, I felt like that experience with suicide just kind of... um just kind of helped me identify, you know, what anxiety and depression was that I had already experienced all of those things. But as far as like changing, I think those changes are happening now mm-hmm. dealing with. And, and I say this because when I was playing football and, you know, thought I was going to go to the NFL, I really thought that. And I believe there were some people that believed in me as well. And for the longest, that was my identity, you know, the football player. And, and and long after I played my last down of football, people still would see me, yeah, B, you still playing football? And I'm like, no, I haven't played football in 10 years. But now as a speaker and starting to get, you know, recognized all over the place from my brand and people wearing my shirts all over the place, I think it has the same influence that the NFL would have had on people. So they associate that with fame and wealth. And, you know, it was it was hard to carry myself as a public figure because I just felt like a normal person, you know, so many people like, yo, B, I'm so inspired by you. You know, people are excited to meet me. And I'm just now being able to accept this calling and, and step in these shoes and be Brandarius Johnson, the speaker, the influencer, the social entrepreneur. But I also know how to be Brandarius Johnson, the son, the brother, the friend. And it's so weird because I felt like I'm the same person, but I felt like I was also a few different people. And, you know, I had to just learn to grow with that and surround myself with wise counsel, you know, a couple of pastors, my branch strategists, uh, you know, therapists, and just be able to go to those people when I have questions or concerns about the engagement and the activity and the new growth in my life. So I think right now I'm like becoming that person, even, you know, having these, these these talks and being able to answer questions without being anxious or being nervous, like it's gradually happening as I'm going through it. So just now becoming that. Well, keep spreading the word. Keep doing positivity. I know you're going to be a mental health influencer for the rest of your life. Thanks for coming on my show and talking. I've appreciated it. I know you and I will stay in touch. Yes, sir. Thank you for the opportunity and you keep up the great work as well. It was an honor and pleasure to connect with you, and I look forward to to growing further. Agree. Listeners, go to the show notes to get connected with Brandarius. You can follow me on Instagram at Before the Lights Podcast, and go check out my YouTube channel called The Light. Short, inspirational videos to get you on the path to a greater you and a better life. The link is in the show notes. That's it for this episode of Before the Lights. I'm Tommy Canale. Thank you for listening, and until next time, everybody, I salute. A chin chin.